Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you with a special bonus episode with a special guest. We have Dr. Wilfred Nagel himself, Oli Haskovy. Oli, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, so good. Uh, So this is a big deal, being on a Marvel show. I'm not sure if you're aware. Yeah, do you Uh, know what's going on? (laughs) It's great. The the answer is I don't really know what's going on. I mean, I'm only only becoming aware of what a big deal is. Well, so talk about this a little bit, because the Marvel actors always like to go on talk shows and say, oh, we can't talk about what's going on. There's so much secrecy about it. You're coming in as this guest character for this episode. What is the secrecy level like for that? Is it more? Is it less? Is it about the same? It's probably a little bit more. I mean, I I don't imagine that, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, even thinking back to the audition, when I got the audition, it was not for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was for something called Untitled Marvel Number 4. Wow. (laughs) I don't know that that was the exact number, so... Maybe someone will write in and yeah. say that I'm wrong about that. But, um, but so from the drop, I mean, it was incredibly secretive. The audition scene was um, a, a version of what you see in the show, but with all the specific details taken out, names were changed. Wow. And then I got the job and still didn't know what the job was. And I assumed <laughs> as soon as I got the job, I Googled to, you know, see what Marvel things were happening, which things were in production. And I assumed that it was WandaVision right. because Matt Shackman, who directed WandaVision, he runs the Geffen Playhouse in Los Angeles. And over the years, I do a lot of theater. And yeah. over the years, I've almost done a couple plays there. And okay. so my brain immediately assumed, oh, I auditioned for his show. My tape crossed his desk and he went, oh, I know who that guy is. Yeah, fine. And it wasn't until I got my official script pages a couple days later that I responded to whoever said the pages. And I just said, can you tell me what show this is? (laughs) Can you tell me anything about any of this? And they sent a very nice email back that said, you know, it's no. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Exactly. No, I can't tell you. Thank you, thank you for your interest, but no. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I mean, and they sent back a, a very nice email that said, you know, this is the title, this is the code name. It's being directed by Kari Skoglund. Like, I that's when I got the rundown, but it was not, um, it was not immediate. And so the whole thing from the be- from the very beginning was. Um, shrouded in a lot of mystery. It's just so crazy because it's like you hear these actors talk and it's almost like they get bagged and tagged and they wake up (laughs) on set and then they're like, read this and it's all redacted. Like, is it hard to act when you don't really have any kind of like 
ground to be like, oh, okay, I understand what's happening or where I am. I mean, I think that luckily in this particular scenario, that scene, the Dr. Wilfred Nagel sequence, um, yeah. that did, the actual text of that did tell me everything I needed to know. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, and, he, um, he does a good job of saying, hey, here's who I am and here's what I've been up to lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good check-in. Totally. And, um, and I also think that, you know, so much of being an actor is just deciding that whatever is happening is what should be happening. And so if I get a full script with a ton and, you know, every once in a while on a certain kind of project, they'll send a research packet or they'll send references and you sort of go, oh, great. I'll dig into all of that. And then sometimes you get no information and you go, okay, this is what I got. And I'll do the best I can. And and there is something a little freeing about that, actually, Um, not having to sort of hold the entire scope of it in. Yeah. Yeah. your work but and i also trust it i mean the people that work on this show are so extraordinary on so many levels that i did feel like i could trust that if i needed to know something or if if i had you know if there were holes in my work in some way and someone needed to say you know this is actually about this and this and this i trusted that between all of those wonderful people someone would tell me what was going on. I think we need to get a supercut of all of the fake audition scenes that all of the actors in all the shows. <laughs> so whatever, like you're auditioning for a romantic comedy set in space. And it's suddenly it's like, no, I'm in guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> like, I want to see that you know, show. And you know, what's also really funny is that when I auditioned for it, the role didn't have a name obviously. And it just said doctor. Mm-hmm. And so my audition tape is me looking pretty spiffy like i'm wearing a button-down shirt and glasses and i'm pretty well put together because i saw you know he's a doctor and i've played plenty of doctors on television i know how it goes (laughs) and um and i think it speaks to how wonderful those people are actually that they saw something in that tape and went that's the person we want and we can envision what that would be looking a little different feeling a little different not everyone has that much imagination yeah. yeah. Well, they looked yeah, at you and they're the like, casting. take his hair and go like this. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I feel like it's relatively rare to have a guest actor who comes in essentially for one scene and then you get a meaty monologue like that. What was that experience like coming on set and then be like, all right, I'm going to just lay all this information out to everybody. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I mean, I've... Uh, I've done a pretty good amount of that in other jobs. I feel like um, I'm often saddled with a good amount of exposition (laughs) and jargon and all of these things. I was definitely a little intimidated by it. I didn't have the real script pages for that long before we shot. I probably had them for five or six days, but not that long. Mm -hmm. And, um, And we shot for we actually shot that sequence for three or four days all told, oh, wow. um, which felt like a real luxury because yeah. a lot of other, a lot of other TV shows and films would sort of go, it's one location. We'll just slam through it in yeah, a day. day. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly. And um, I will say, I mean, this is bragging slightly, but we did finish a day early because we all were oh, on top oh. of it, which <laughs> felt really day good. Early. It, it wow. felt really nice to go, Oh, this was budgeted on the schedule for X amount of days. And, 
look at us now. Um, <laughs> but there was a lot of me, um, you know, one thing that is helpful for my memorization for whatever reason is to physicalize it as I'm memorizing it. I think because then your body is doing, your body is do, your body is doing two things at once. For some reason that sinks in deeper for me. So there was a lot of me walking around my hotel holding my script pages and just like quietly mumbling to myself <laughs> these speeches because I mean the the biggest thing like you said about being a guest star is that you really don't want to feel like you're dropping the ball you're you're well aware that you're coming into something it's sort of like trying to like jump on a moving train as fast as you can and not attract any attention <laughs> and not and like not be the reason that there's a, a train an unexpected stop or something. But and I so I did you, sort of. Your character ahead. then threw a grenade over his shoulder and jumped <laughs> off the train. As well. so sure. both he, sides yeah. He's yeah. And, um, and you know, the last thing you want to be thinking about while you're acting is what are the lines? And so I, I definitely remember getting the actual script and going, Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I have my work cut out for me here, but but also how wonderful. I mean, that's such a yeah. great opportunity. Given that Dr. Wilfred Nagel is a character from the comics, he's from Truth, Red, White, and Black, once you finally did find out who the character was, did you go back and look at that at all? Or since he's relatively so different, did it not really matter? I, I definitely did look. But like you said, as soon as I saw what he looked like, frankly and that he looks not a thing like me in any hmm. conceivable way i sort of felt like that gave me the freedom to go okay we're clearly doing something different with this mm -hmm. character here and i don't know a ton about the mcu and i definitely didn't know before i had the job but i did know enough to know that the films and television shows are not literal translations mm -hmm. of the exact comic books I mean, had, had I looked at the comic book and seen, you know, someone who's like tall and slim and 33 years old with glasses, <laughs> maybe I would have, maybe I would have gone, okay, I really need, now I need to pay attention to yeah. how does he stand and all of those kinds of things. But I pretty immediately went, oh, okay, so we're doing something different here. And I think that really freed me up to feel like I could use the script that I had and you like use all the clues there to come up with something that was interesting to me. Now the character is picking up uh, from Stanley Tucci's Abraham Erskine back from Captain America, the first Avenger. Since you're saying you can do a better formula than him in the show, <laughs> do you think you could do a better Negroni than Stanley Tucci? Wow. <laughs> no, no one can. No, no one Asking can do the hard anything. Questions. That is, a, that is a hard question, but the answer is simple, that I really do feel like no one can do anything better than Stanley Tucci can. <laughs> the Tooch, I, I, yeah, really, the I really did feel incredibly honored and sort of blown away when, again, I didn't know a ton heading into this. And so it wasn't until I had been on set for a couple of days that Eli, this PA, was walking me to the set to shoot. And he said, you know, it's a really big deal that you're the guy who's playing this part. Like, Why What's he saying that? <laughs> I really don't know. Well, it was, it was so, it was so sweet. It was really nice. I appreciated uh, it. And, but he did yeah. say, he was like, well, you're the next, you know, mad scientist or whatever you would want to say after Stanley Tucci's mad scientist. And I sort of felt like, oh, wow, that's um, <laughs> like mention me in any sentence with Stanley Tucci. I think he's extraordinary. 
See, I feel like you could make a better Negroni, but it wouldn't be um, a 100% sexual experience like it is when Stanley Tucci is literally just mixing. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Gone Tucci. We have a surprise delivery coming your way. We're going to have you do a Negroni live on the podcast. Yeah. No, we're not do um, no I, hope, I hope I get to just meet him somewhere someday or shoot something with him at some point. And I got to think there needs to be that sort of MCU uh, party where it's yeah, like, hey, where are the mad scientists? Scientists, where we'll be over here by the hummus. Um, have all totally. the um, space gods over here. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a hero. Just to take a little bit of a step back and talk about that set again, because it is there for a very brief period of time, but that container set, that lab that he has is so cool. What was it like walking onto that for the first day? It was wild. I mean, I... I mean... I'm sure there is a budget for these shows, but it certainly doesn't feel like there is. I mean, <laughs> it feels like no expense is spared in making these sets and these costumes that are so detailed and so rich. And that adds to your performance, obviously, because you go, okay, if this is this person's lab and it's this um, sort of sprawling and intricate and all of that, you know, what does that say about the character? And um, I, I was really stunned by it. And that's another funny thing about being a guest actor on something is that you don't, you don't know what any of those things will look like usually until you're there. I mean, I remember starting to shoot the deuce and getting onto the set and just going, this is not at all what I envisioned <laughs> right. by my office to look like. And, and that was for whatever reason, that was a real impediment to me that day to just like adjust my mind to what, um, especially when it's something like your office or your home, like something that a character would spend a ton of time in. Yeah. And you sort Um, of have to do that visual work in general to get to into the character. So then all of a sudden you're like, I, this is not where I am here. (laughs) and, And, and again, just in the moment, I think part of the skill is being able to go, okay, that's not what I thought, but how can we work yeah. with this? You find and the one object that does resonate and you're like, that's the thing and something like totally. that. Totally. And, and I mean, my, my experience on that set is just that it, I mean, the whole thing just sort of feels like a playground or something. Right. I mean, it is movie magic to the 900th power. And so, so, I mean, it did sort of have, the feeling of, you know, the the kind of thing you might imagine when you were a kid with these gigantic blue screens. I mean, I watched them film some of the shipping container stuff going into the lab and some of the fighting stuff. And I mean, that shipyard set was, you know, the size of a football field or something. And, and a lot of, a lot of the shooting you do when you're an actor, especially a sort of, uh, you know, an actor in New York City who does the kinds of things that are available there, a lot of that is, you know, trying to steal a shot on the subway before the police show up or something. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, it, it was, I was really blown away stepping onto those sets. The, the work that those people do is mind-blowing to me. I feel like um, in, in one of your speeches, you talk about um, the blip interrupting the work that um, your mm-hmm. character is doing. I feel like that has become, that really hit me because of coronavirus. As like, oh man, uh, how does it feel doing that and, and having that resonance going going forward? I mean, I shot that pre-coronavirus. That's what I figured, and yeah. So, wow. 
Yeah. And so it has crossed my mind a couple of times recently. That, you know, I, I wonder if my performance would be richer now. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely had, is. Yeah. I, have, I don't have to imagine the experience anymore. None of us do, unfortunately, yeah. of, you know, being trapped in one location yeah. for a really long time trying to stay alive. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, it, it, it is funny to, um, to think about that now, but um, I yeah, at, at the moment, the post-COVID we performance is you hard look at down the lens, like I can't believe we've been gone all this time, <laughs> right? Or or like looking at the lens, being like, we all know what that. Yeah, you, yeah, know. Know. you guys get it. It's a bad um, Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if you're aware, but your character dies at the end of the episode. I hope that's not too much Alex, of a shock. So uh, harsh wow. for you to be the one to tell him. And, and I mean, that's what's amazing. If the gunshot didn't kill him, the explosion certainly <laughs> right. did. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's, it's multi- we've got a lot going on in that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, what's that like though? Because you get this role, you get a chance to be in the MCU in the Marvel universe, and then they're like, "Great!" And then by the end of the scene, you're shot, you're dead, you're blown up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and this might sound like a sort of like rosy Pollyanna answer or something, but I think I was just thrilled to be there ever. Yeah, and that, um, that's the way. And also, my my first thought was, oh God, I don't love guns and I don't love fire, and so <laughs> how are we gonna? Am I just gonna be terrified on set the whole time? Oh, wow. um, I was not because I mean the safety on that set is top notch and they made me feel so comfortable and um but i, I think the, that was the technicalities of it were where my brain was at but but you know i also know you know is anyone really dead in the marvel cinematic <laughs> universe and Though it does seem that guns and fire are your character's weakness <laughs> maybe but but i also Achilles feel like and you know maybe this is just the actor begging for a job or something but i feel like you know, if anyone could have come up with a way to True. Right. come back after that, Dr. Uh, Wilfred Nagel. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. I mean, let's he could so. have injected himself with the super soldier serum. There could have been a back way out of the shipping container. There's possibilities. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who can say? Who can yeah. say? Before we let you go, what else do you have going on? Anything else you want to plug in particular since I know you've uh, balanced a bunch of different roles? Yeah, um... This is sort of the last thing on the docket in mm. terms of things to come out. I did an episode. It's really funny. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was sort of my last big job before the shutdown. And then during the shutdown, I did an episode of Social Distance, the Genji oh. Kohan series yeah, that's on yeah. Netflix that I shot downstairs in my family's living room. <laughs> and And it was funny to feel like going from the biggest possible <laughs> yeah. thing you could imagine <laughs> To me being the camera operator and the sound person and the lighting person and trying to act in this thing. And um, which is really, I mean, that's so much of what I love about this is trying to have as wide a range of experiences as you possibly can. Um, But I think that that series is really beautiful. And I think um, the episode that I did, it's, it's um, it's an anthology series. And so every episode is a whole different story. And the episode that I did... I got to be with Oscar Nunez and Daphne Rubin Vega and Guillermo Diaz and Miguel Sandoval and this like unbelievable cast. And um, yeah, if if people are in the mood for something different, that's, um, that's there for them. I'm really, really 
proud that I got to be a part of that one. Awesome. Oli, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you. Really appreciate it. So nice. Love the role. Love the episode. <laughs> thank you. For so all good. of you listening out there, if you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. <laughs> we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen, listen at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, marvel you later. Thank you.